Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Hey, it is really good to have you in the room or online with us today. If I don't know you, my name's Jenny. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and it's awesome to be able to have the privilege of bringing you uh, the Word today. So I thought I would tell a little story why text brings me um, my notes, which would be awesome. So not quite up to preaching Pastor Mike style. Are you worried you're going to drop everything, Tex? He'll be fine. <laughs> you got this. Um, we have this beautiful new table, but I, I can't lift it because it's heavy, but that's great because Jared tells me that it won't fall over, which is really good. Let me tell you a story. So in a home, in a suburb that may or may not be not very far from here, there was a mother and her son, and her son came up to the mother and said, Mom, how much do you love me? And the mother said, I love you a lot, son. Thinking there's got to be something to this. The son, well, how much do you love me? Like, do you love me more than food? Yes, son, I, I love you more than food, although I do quite like food. Well, do you love me? Do you love me more than air? Well, honey, I can't live without air, but I love you more than air. Well, do you love me more than money? Yes, son. I can definitely say I love you more than money. I've spent a lot of money on you in your life. He says, all right, well, if you love me that much, buy me everything in the cricket warehouse store. <laughs> to which the mother stopped and thought about it for a moment and said, son, I love you too much to let you buy everything from the cricket warehouse store. I will leave that with you, whether that's a true or not true story. Tonight, I want to talk about love. What is love? The last few weeks, we've been looking at mission. And, and so I feel like we've been preaching to you about how you can go out and share the gospel, how you can go out and uh, help people that are in need. And, and we can do that. We can preach about those things. We can preach about um, how to walk away from sin. But the truth is, if you don't know the transformational love of God, you won't go out and do those things. Or you will, but they'll be short-lived. So that's why I want to talk about love at the end of this series that we've just finished and before we start this new one. So what is love? So the, in, in the English language, we really only have one word for love, right? And the word is love, right? So we say, I know, <laughs> failed you write English, but I can tell you that. There, so we would say things like, I love my sneakers, which my husband bought me. I love food. I love shopping. I love my pets. And I love my husband or wife. And we would say all those things using the same word, love. But the cool thing about the Bible is it wasn't originally written in English. And in the Bible, there are actually lots of different forms of love. And so um, there's four forms of love that I want to just mention quickly in the Bible. So in the Greek, it's, it's called, there's the eros, which is sexual love. If you want to learn more about that, wait till Lovember next year, by the way. Too many babies and marriages to do Lovember this year. Am I right? <laughs> we need to take a break. Um, 
And then there's, there's philos love, which is uh, parental love. And there's sorge love, which is a family, a friendship love. And then there's agape love. And agape love is what I want to talk about today. Agape love is God's love. So to help us understand this a little bit more, we're going to look at our teaching text today. So while Tegan comes on up and brings us the teaching text, why don't you open up your Bibles if you've got them or a Bible app on your phone um, and, you got, and pull up Exodus 2 right at the start of the Bible. So we've got Genesis, Exodus uh, 2, 1 to 10. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Thank you. So just to give you a bit of a context, um, back in Exodus 1, there's a pharaoh, a king, and um, he's getting really worried about the Israelites because they're becoming, which are God's people, they were becoming so big in number that he was worried that they would take over Egypt. And so he got quite scared. And so what he said was to the midwives, he said, you've got to go and kill every baby boy that's born. Right? It's horrible. The midwife said, no, I'm not going to do that. So then he sent a call out to the whole of Egypt saying, if you see a baby boy, a newborn baby boy, you have the right to kill him. He wanted to, I guess, uh, minimise the amount of Israelites. And so as you can imagine, the mothers giving birth at that time must have been so fearful to imagine. To, I mean, there was no ultrasounds back then, so you had no idea if you were having a boy or a girl. And so there would have been this fear of what, what was going to happen to their, to their son. And so Moses' mother, Jezebel, she, um, Jacobed, sorry, Jacobed, said that wrong, very different people, um, <laughs> Jacobed, she hides Moses for three months. Now, newborn mum's in the room. I'm not sure how you would go hiding your baby for three months. It is a long time, isn't it, mums? <laughs> She hides this baby for three months, right? And, um, and then, and when three months is up, she can't hide this baby anymore. Because everybody knows that when you go from a newborn to a slightly older baby, it starts, I hear all these new mums saying, oh, my newborn baby cry is so loud. And I think, oh, honey, give it three months <laughs> and then it will be loud. And it was. And so what she did is she took uh, the baby and she decided to put it in a basket and, and put it in the river Nile. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a mum whose child is possibly being killed, I'm going to be pretty desperate to save that child. And one of the things when I read the scripture and I read about how they put tar on the bottom of this, um, of this basket, I think of the love that that mother had for that child in that moment. She was doing everything she possibly could 
to help that baby survive. Not only did she put tar on it and put it into the river Nile, she sent Moses' sister Miriam to watch over, to make sure that no animals got it or that it wasn't her. It's a beautiful show of love. She gives up her child so that it would not be killed. Divine love doesn't see what we can get out of it. It's a selfless love. And this is the best thing that then happens. Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, the only one who could go against Pharaoh and probably get away with it, finds this baby in the reeds and feels sorry for it and decides to adopt this baby. And so she, she sends Miriam off to go and find a mother. Of course, Miriam goes and finds her own mother to nurse this baby. And so the beautiful thing about this story is this mother showed so much love for this child. And what God did is he brought that baby back to his mother. She's a beautiful indication of of God's love there. And she would have nursed him probably till he was about three years old and then he would have um, gone off to be with Pharaoh. And we don't know exactly if they had any communication after that, but we do know that Miriam later on becomes uh, part of Moses' ministry team and and works alongside him. And so we do think that he probably, he had some kind of connection. And he also knew that he was a Hebrew son because later on he grows up and gets quite angry um, at the Egyptians for hurting his people. So we see an amazing illustration in this scripture of love. But even with this amazing love, it's still not the same as the love that God shows to us, which says something. God's love, agape love that we're going to talk about today, is holy. In many ways, friends, we can't fully manifest the agape love that God shows us, but we, we should try. God calls us to try and manifest that love. And agape love, the thing about agape love is it's not selfish. If you're ever doing something to get something back, that's not agape love. It's a holy love. It's a love that actually, I I think that we need in this world more and more of. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Perfect love is found in Jesus Christ. Perfect love is found in what Jesus did on the cross, friends. When, Jesus, when God sent his son to, down to earth to love us and to die for us, he was showing us an example of what agape love really is, what sacrificial and perfect love really is. And what happens when Jesus comes and dies for us and when, what happens when we understand that truth is it actually transforms our lives. When we understand the truth of God's love in our lives, when we allow ourselves to be completely transformed by the love of God, it transforms who we are and how we live our lives. I went away last weekend on a prayer retreat and I prayed for um, like two and a half days. It was unbelievable and it was amazing. I loved it and I came out so full of God's love, so full of His Spirit. And this week, all I've wanted to do After that was bless others. All I wanted to do was find different ways to pour out God's love to other people because the thing is when we're filled with God's love, when we allow God's love to really uh, manifest in our lives, it actually transforms us. We should look different when we encounter agape love. To, To encounter agape love, we have to learn to rest in God's love. We have to understand it and we have to learn to live in it. 
Sometimes when I think about what Jesus did on the cross and when I think about God's amazing agape love, I'm actually brought to tears. I, I, when, the, when the Holy Spirit fills me and fills me with God's love, it brings me to tears because it is more than my single-mindedness or my, my small mind can actually comprehend. Now, I think sometimes with love, we tend to diminish it to just this little thing, like I love my sneakers, like I said before, and that's not what God's love is. God's love is holy. God's love is perfect. God's love releases us from sin, and it frees us. The story from before where I talked about the mother and, and, and this son, and she doesn't give the son what he thinks he needs. She actually gives him what he actually needs. And sometimes, for us, we think agape love, or God's love, is him giving us everything we need. That's actually not what agape love is. That's not who God's called us, how God's called us to live our lives. We can't separate God from all of his traits. So God is a God of justice. He's a God of holiness. He's a God of love. He's all those things. He's a God of peace. He's a God of joy. There are so many attributes of God that I can't go into them all. He's not, the scriptures say he is a God of love, but he's not a God of love without justice. He's not a God of love without holiness. He's all those things in one. So we must be careful by, without, with saying, my God is a God of love. Yes, he is. But he's also a God of justice. I would put it, um, put it like this. We can say God's justice is a loving justice. God's holiness is a loving holiness. We must be careful of saying God is love without these other things. We actually lose something when we do that. When he disciplines you, he loves you. When he says no to you, he loves you. He loves you when you turn away from sin, he loves you while you're living in sin. It's something we don't mention enough, but he does. So if you want to know the love of God fully, and can I encourage you, I hope you want to know the love of God fully because it transforms your life and it also transforms those around you. There are a couple of things that I love to do. One of the things I love to do is I love to read scripture. And can I encourage you, when you get home tonight, I want to challenge you, go home and Google Bible verses about agape love. Just go home and do that. When you're laying in bed and you're playing Candy Crush or whatever, is that still a thing? Um, Fishdom or whatever it is. Before you do that, you can Google that later. Um, before you do that, why don't you Google the scriptures and what God says about love? Because that's what will start to transform your mind. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down their lives for one's friends. John 13, 35 says this, by everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There is so much in scriptures that teaches us about God's love, friends. And we need to know what God's love is before we invite it into our spirits. I feel like there's, there's this thing, there's this head knowledge and this heart knowledge. And sometimes we go, well, I'm a head knowledge person. And some people go, well, I'm a heart person. It's like, no, 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 no. We actually need both of those things to move in power in the spirit. So I encourage you, read the scriptures about God's love, learn about God's love. And the second way I find um, I, I be filled with God's love is I Sabbath. I take time every week, 
I put aside time where I have other things I could do to rest in, the, in God's love, to acknowledge God, to invite him into areas of my life that perhaps I haven't. We take a Monday, Mike and I take a Monday and we Sabbath and we try and Sabbath really well. Today we ran around, well the kids mostly ran around trying to clean our house because tomorrow the kids are off school so they'll Sabbath with us. Normally they don't care about cleaning up on a Sunday. Um, but they're gonna Sabbath with, with us because sometimes we go so fast in life, guys, we forget to stop and to remember God's love. We forget to look at his creation and to allow Sabbath rest to fill us with God's love. And the third thing I like to do is, and I would encourage you to do, if you wanna be filled with the love of God, is to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you with the love of God. Ask God to take it from head knowledge to heart knowledge, all right? Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There is so much scripture about God's love. We can see God's love through others, absolutely. And I hope you see the love of God through many, many people in this church. But when we fully encounter God's love for ourselves, when he reveals it through the Holy Spirit, it transforms us. It absolutely transforms our life. And can I just tell you something? The Holy Spirit is not given to you by man. I cannot manifest the Holy Spirit just by my strength and willpower. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God that is given to us. Jesus came and he and it talks all through scripture about how, the life that Jesus lived, all through the gospels. And then he died and then he rose again and then he sent the Holy Spirit to do the same work here on earth that he did when he was here in us. And so can I encourage you, pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Invite the Holy Spirit presence into your life. Do it, Ask, simply say those words, Holy Spirit, fill me with your love and see the way it changes your life. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit fills me, I can feel it in my spirit. It's something, sometimes I'd say it's like butterflies in my stomach. I just feel like God is doing something. Sometimes it's simply the secure knowledge that I am loved by God. Sometimes I'll hear the small whisper of the Holy Spirit's voice saying, Jenny, I love you. I adore you. I died for you. So I encourage you, pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Many times I feel the love of God when I remember what Jesus did for me, when I take the time to rest in the knowledge of what Jesus has already done for me and his everlasting love for me. On this prayer retreat, retreat um, I came out of it with heaps of notes, which is great, amazing, lots of things that I felt God speak to me. But the most powerful time that I have was when I walked up a hill and I, and I spent some time with the Lord and I simply very clear, clearly heard him say, Jen, remember your first love. Remember how much I love you. Do not work out of the fact that there is just lots of jobs to do. Work out of the overflow of what it means to be loved by God. I think there are people in this room who are absolutely faithful Christians, but you are serving God and you are working in your jobs nine to five on Monday to Friday out of your own strength and not out of the love and the overflow of the love that comes from Jesus Christ. And so I wanna encourage you to do those things this week. 
Because when we know the agape love, when we understand God's love, we can speak truth in our life. When we feel fear, we can simply say, I am loved, so I am safe in his arms. When we feel sadness, we can say, I am loved, so I can have hope. When we want to sin, we can say, I am loved, so I don't need what the world has to offer me. When we are filled with God's love, it transforms us and all those around you. When you are filled with God's love, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna live a perfect life. Moses, after going through this amazing experience and being shown so much love, goes on to murder somebody. So, and I'm not gonna go into that, you can, you can read that on in the chapters after um, what was read today. But he does, because God's love doesn't, it's the only person that ever walked this earth that is perfect is Jesus Christ. And it is not our job, I mean it is our job to strive to be, to be perfect, but the truth is, Perfect love is, is only seen in Jesus Christ. So you can be free. But what Moses did is he repented and he came back to God. So he killed somebody, he went away, he hid from people because he was probably gonna get in trouble for killing someone. And then he repents and he comes back. And do you know what God does? He takes that repentant heart, that heart that is now full of God's love and he transforms Moses' life. And Moses then goes on to save the Israelites. He leads them out of slavery, out of Egypt. What a powerful story from a child that, from a child that wasn't meant to live to a boy that saved the Israelites because of God's love. And I just wanna encourage you today. I wanna encourage you to be led by the Spirit of God into His love. Let that gather you and transform you. If you've been in church for a really long time, you've probably heard somebody talk about God's love often, right? And part of you sitting there going, yep, I know God's love, yep, yep, I've heard all this before. But from what I've experienced after being in church for a very, very long time, there are plenty of times where I actually need to go back to God and I need to look at my life and go, actually, do you know what? I'm actually not showing the characteristics of someone who is in love with Jesus Christ, who is filled with the love of God. I'm not showing those characteristics, so perhaps I have forgotten my first love. And so I wanna encourage you, if, if you don't have this d strong desire and, and hope for this world and desire to see uh, people come to know Jesus, desire to help those on the streets, if you don't walk past somebody who's in need and it doesn't break your heart, then can I encourage you to go back to your first love? Because when your first love, when you remember your first love, it transforms your heart and your spirit. So if you're sitting here today, I don't want you to sit in shame and go, yep, I'm not feeling those feelings, so maybe I'm a bad person. No. You simply come to God and say, God, fill me with your love and allow that to then transform your life and those around you. If you're new here today and perhaps this is your first time in church or you've just been here a few times and you're learning about it, let me tell you two things. One, God loves you exactly as you are. He loves you exactly as you are. And number two, he wants a 
deep and intimate relationship with you. God, guys, we don't serve a God who died and rose to heaven and doesn't have a relationship with us. That's not who we serve. We serve a God who died and rose again and sent us the Holy Spirit and now has an eternal relationship with us. That we have the opportunity to go to heaven and to be in relationship with God here on this earth through the love that God showed to us through Jesus Christ. When my husband was born, he was adopted out. And um, many years later, we, we read his um, adoption report. And on his adoption report, it says, I would like this child to go to a Christian home. Now, these parents, his parents, don't, don't know the love of Jesus. They didn't know the love of Jesus then. But yet, what they saw was this love that Christians have and they wanted their son in that home where they, can, they could know, where he could know the love of Jesus Christ. Because the truth is that when God's love meets us and transforms our life, it shows to everybody else around us. We live it out, people see it. And Mike's um, birth mum, uh, grandma, sorry, gave him this cup. And you might have seen this cup before. We use it when we have communion here at church. And I love this cup because for me, it shows that his grandma wanted him to know that he is always loved, that he was loved from the moment he was born. And I believe that God has spoken to me personally many times as I've, as I've looked at this cup and he's reminded me that he loved me from the moment I was born, just like he loves my husband and he loves each one of you. When love has been shown to you and you know you are loved, you feel a pull to love others. Band, you can come on up. There is a difference though, friends, as I said before, in the love between Moses' mother and God's love. Moses' mother sent her son away so she could save him. God sent his son away so he could save us. Though throughout the Bible, we see heroes of the faith who are amazing men and women of God, full of the Holy Spirit, but not without fault. There is only one who comes without fault and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus was born fully human and fully God, given by God to live with us, to show us how to live in agape love. And then he died so that you and I can fully live. Jesus is calling. <laughs> Without Jesus, we can't fully understand agape love, friends. We can't fully understand agape love unless we look at Jesus Christ. Jesus is the true Moses. Where Moses came to rescue people from slavery, Jesus came to free us from slavery altogether. Where Moses stood up against the powers of Pharaoh, Jesus stood up against the powers of the devil. Where Moses' mother sent him so that he could live, Jesus' father sent him so that we could live. I said before that we can't fully emulate or um, we can't fully show agape love. But in Jesus, we see it in fully 
full human flesh. In Jesus, we have the ability to be able to learn about that love and to receive that love. Your life is worth saving, friends. When Jesus died, he didn't just die for me. He died for you. He died for each and every one of you to see your lives transformed by the gospel so you can go out and share the gospel with your friends, not out of obligation, not out of the Bible tells me so, but out of a fulfilling love of Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.